Today on the Locked On Blues podcast, the St. Louis Blues have continued their mediocre up and down play this season. They've played two games since we last talked, one against the Colorado Avalanche and one against the Nashville Predators, losing the former in overtime off of a really, really disappointing end of the game result, giving up a tying goal with seven seconds left. Going to be getting into that whole game. And then winning against the National Predators in pretty impressive fashion, one nothing, also in overtime. However, the team still really feels like they're missing that, missing that, that fire, missing that edge. Uh, gonna be talking about it all today and more. Should be a fun episode. Make sure you stay tuned. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Lockdown Blues Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm your host, Josh Hyman. As always, thanks for tuning in. If you return to the show, thanks for coming back. Thanks for making Lockdown Blues your first listen. Always appreciate that. Always appreciate you guys. And if this is your first time tuning into the show, welcome. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe there. If not, uh, you know, I'm free on every podcast platform, wherever you get your podcast. Zero dollars and zero cents to listen to the show. Um, apologies for this being the first episode this week. Uh, really busy week at work so far. I uh, just haven't had time to get an episode out. But here we are back on schedule. Back on track, lots to go over today as the Blues have played two games since we last talked, plus have a pretty pretty tough stretch coming up as they hit their um, their Western Canada road trip playing, I believe, Edmonton. Yep, Edmonton and Calgary on a back-to-back, uh, and then Vancouver. So tough stretch of games coming up for the Blues. Um, today I'm going to be talking about what they've done over the last few games and how they can hopefully carry that over into some positive momentum, but... Overall, moral of the story, the play continues to be pretty inconsistent for the St. Louis Blues, and that's what's been so frustrating this season. So let's just start by talking about the game against the Colorado Avalanche. Um, Jordan Billington got the start against Colorado, a very, very hobbled Colorado Avalanche team. They're missing McKinnon, um, uh, Landeskog, a couple defensemen, goaltender i think they're they're very very hobbled very injured um and it would have been nice to see the blues come away with a victory in that game alas they did not unfortunately uh <laughs> at the hands of miko rantanen who had himself a heck of a night with a hat trick but he started off the game in the second period with his first goal for the most part pretty back and forth game there early shots were 10 to 9 in the first period um Blues played pretty well, did a good job of, you know, keeping the Avalanche at bay. It was a little bit frustrating. You know, I think I wanted the Blues to take control of that game a little bit more early just due to the Avalanche being so so riddled with injuries and, you know, the Blues being at home. You, you hoped that would be a game that they would kind of, you know, say, you know what, yeah, the Avs are a really good team. They beat us in the playoffs last year, but they're basically rocking an AHL squad right now, and it was a good opportunity, in my opinion, for the Blues to establish a presence early, and they kind of did that, at least defensively and goaltending-wise. Jordan Bennington was really good in the, in the first period. Um, and honestly, throughout the whole game, you know, that's going to be a theme of today's episode. Jordan Bennington was 
has been really, really good ever since he got pulled and, and you know, those comments from Craig Ruby. So, um, you know, one of the more positive, spoiler alert for later on in this episode, but um, Ranthanen gave the Avs the lead about half of the second period. Another one of a bit of a back-and-forth period. Um, Blues outshot the Avs 11-8. to So, you know, never really in control, but never really out of control for the Blues. They really had an opportunity to put the game away. Um, Tarasenko tied the game up eight minutes into the third period with only his eighth goal of the season on, a, on the power play assisted from Thompson and O'Reilly. So it was nice to see the power play get going there. Um, power play is something that's struggled a lot lately. Um, Tarasenko hadn't had a power play goal in the season. That was his very first one. So it was good to see that. Uh, and then a little bit later, the Blues took a penalty very late in the game. Uh, and that felt like, that felt like it was, it was, um, it was uh, maybe all she wrote for the Blues. You know, the penalty kill had been really, 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 really bad leading up until that point. And, you know, it had been good so far in that game. It was uh, two for two up until that point, but really felt like they just handed momentum back to the Colorado Avalanche. Um, but Brandon Saad had a spectacular unassisted shorthanded goal, displayed spectacular body control uh, to outmuscle his way to the front of the net and score a shorthanded goal with a minute and a half left in the game. And, you know, normally when you do that, it's pretty good recipe for a victory. But unfortunately, it wasn't enough for the St. Louis Blues, as what seems like it's happened against them, not just this year, but many years in the past. They struggle to defend when the other team pulls their goalie. Uh, Colorado pulled their goalie. And... Um, you know, they had a lot of pressure on, and then the, the, the famed play that was a lot of debate, Ivan Barbashev loses his helmet, and now, for those of you that don't know, or if you missed it on the broadcast, there's a new rule that, I think it was implemented like last season or the season before, where if you lose your helmet and you continue to play and engage in the play, you receive a penalty. So Ivan Barbashev, not really realizing that there was only seven seconds left on the clock, sprints to the bench um, for a line change because he doesn't have a helmet on, doesn't want to take a penalty, and um, leads to pretty much a, uh, a six on four for the abs for a very brief period of time. And that's, you know, but it's a long enough period of time where Barbashev's man is able to get open, Mika Rantanen, uh, and score the tying goal with seven seconds left. Uh, in this upcoming second segment, I'm going to break down overtime and then give my thoughts on like, oh, should Barbashev have stayed on the ice, whatever. And then I'm going to be launching into uh, talking about the National Predators game, the Blues 1-1, nothing. But before I get into, get into that, I want to tell you guys about our good friends over at betonline.net. Now, it is maybe my favorite time of sports of the year. You got basketball in full swing, hockey in full swing, football's ramping up towards the playoffs, and then you got the World Cup going on as well. And with all of that combined in once, it's a perfect time for sports betting. And you got to check out betonline.net, your number one spot for all sports betting needs. They've got every sport I just mentioned, plus F1 racing, MMA, UFC, golf, baseball, anything you could imagine. They have odds and lines for over at betonline.net. Plus, it's not just a betting website. They have news. They have articles. If you like sports podcasts, just like this one, they have that too. It's a great opportunity to put your money where your mouth is. If you've got a hot take, if you think Argentina and Lionel Messi are going to pull off the upset over the defending champion France in the World Cup on Sunday, the World Cup gold medal game, uh, or whatever you call it, championship game, I don't know. Put your money where your mouth is. Head over to Bet Online, place a bet, 
let me know. I want to hear about it. I want to hear about all your hot takes, all your hot bets. BetOnline.net, your number one source for sports betting. We'll be right back with the second half of today's episode. All right, so before I get into the Barbashev debate, let's talk about overtime. Not much to talk about. Um, Blue didn't touch the puck once. Avs win the faceoff, possess it a little bit. Uh, Makar gives it to Nishushkin. Nishushkin gives it to Ranthanen, and Ranthanen snipes one in 29 seconds into the game or into the period. Abs win 3-2 in overtime. Blues escape with a loser point. Um, probably should have been two points. So let's talk about it. Um, so Ivan Barbashev loses his helmet. Uh, in his mind immediately goes, well, I don't want to take a penalty. I'm going to go to the bench. Um, you know, he had since said after the game that he didn't realize how much time was left in the game, which makes sense. You know, you're not really actively engaged um with the with the game clock especially you know that late in the game especially in hockey where you know you're just fully engaged every time you're out there you can't you don't have a second to like you know stop and look at the clock um so as much as it would have been nice for barbershop to say well let's 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 rewind a little bit before i get into it so there's a there's a majority of people or not a majority but a, a, a group of people reporters fans alike that are saying oh man our barbershop really screwed up there he should have just stayed on the ice and taken the penalty. That way the abs would have had a, you know, six on four penalty with four seconds left in the game. You know, it would have been better. At least he could have defended. Blah, blah, blah. Um, obviously he didn't do that. You know, he went to the bench. He changed. That change led to the tying goal. Uh, look, you know, I've played sports at a much, 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 much lower level than the NHL. <laughs> I played junior varsity hockey. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm sure anyone out there that's played an organized sport can agree. You don't really think that well <laughs> when you're playing a sport. You know, you don't have the best critical thinking ability. It's more just reactionary, um, operating on instinct, especially that late in the game. You're exhausted. You're tired. There's seven seconds left. You don't know how much time is up, but you know it's almost at the end of the game. You're just purely, purely firing on instinct there. Um, so in a perfect world, Barbashev has 1 million hockey IQ, loses his helmet and is able to make the split second decision of, Hmm, yes, there are seven seconds left. It is a one goal game. I'm going to stay on the ice and take the penalty. That's a lot to ask. Um, you know, and it's not like it's a situation that happens all the time. It's not like, I don't know. I can't even think of an example, but it's not like there's, anyone on the blues much less ivan barbashev has been in that situation before where they lose their helmet in the dying seconds of a game and have to make that decision that is very 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 likely the first time in ivan barbashev's career that he had had to make that decision so it's not like he has any sort of like they didn't run it over in practice they don't have film craig ruby wasn't like hey boys if you lose your helmet at the end of the game just stay out there take a penalty no it was it would have been a lot to ask if ivan barbashev to stay out there on the ice um Obviously, you know, in a perfect world, he realizes that. He has the smarts to make that. Maybe there are some players in the NHL that are just that locked in that they're able to think on their feet that much. But I, at the end of the day, I think our, Ivan Barbashev made the smart play, you know, because in, in any other situation, I wouldn't want the guy to stay out there and take a penalty. I would want them to go off and change and, and, and you know, not go down a man for two minutes. You know, that is literally the one time, the one scenario where, Barbashev made the quote-unquote wrong decision. So, 
it's one of those things where you can't really fault him all that much. You know, it's more so um, the Blues not scoring more goals than they did or not possessing the puck in overtime or being so hemmed in there at the end of the game, continuing to struggle. It really doesn't come down to Barbashev's decision. Obviously, had Barbashev stayed on the ice, maybe the Blues win in regulation, whatever. But silly argument, in my opinion. Greg Ruby was asked about it. He basically said the same thing, like, Barbashev didn't know how much time was on the clock. It would have been kind of unrealistic to expect him to be that knowledgeable of the situation and whatever. I'm not too broken up about it. Um, They still got the point out of it, fortunately. So it's not like they're going to miss the playoffs by one point. Knock on wood. Imagine if they do. Come back to this episode. Leave a comment. Josh, you're a dummy. They missed the playoffs by one point. Um, Alas, we move on. Uh, Bennington had a great game. Tarasenko had a pretty good game. Saad had a really good game. Um, Saad has completely redefined the penalty kill, which has been beautiful. Um, and then the Blues move on to the next night, very next night, another game at home against the National Predators. And in a surprising move, Jordan Bennington gets to start once again, which, I mean, not to discredit Jordan Bennington for playing two nights in a row on a back-to-back, but I think it's a little silly that like it's this unspoken rule in the NHL that goalies just never play back-to-backs, you know, because every single player out there on the ice is also playing a back-to-back, you know, having played 30 minutes the night before or 20 minutes the night before. So I'm not saying it isn't impressive that Jordan Bainton went out there on the second night of a back-to-back and pitched a shutout. It absolutely is. I just think that <laughs> coaches should do it more often. And I know some coaches do, but especially when, you know, you have such a disparity between your starter and your backup goalie and you're so desperate for points like the St. Louis Blues – and Bennington's been on a bit of a roll. I'm really, really happy he went back to Bennington. Berube did um, in that second night of the back-to-back. And good thing he did because Bennington had arguably, excuse me, his strongest game of the season, pitching his second shutout of the year and earning his 100th win in his career. Big news there for Bennington. Um, as the Blues win one nothing in overtime. Old-school hockey, low-scoring, low-action. It was... Not the most fun game to watch, in all honesty. Um, It was very sloppy and uninteresting early. The Blues combined for 13 shots in the first two periods. I think they combined for 20 total in regulation. Speaking of, I did see a fun fact on that broadcast, and it's not really fun. In fact, it's it's terribly unfun. Uh, There are only three teams in the NHL that have yet to put up 40 shots in a game Um, this season. Those teams are the Arizona Coyotes, who are really bad, Chicago Blackhawks, who are really bad, and the St. Louis Blues. So in terms of shot generation, the Blues are in whatever the opposite of elite company is. Um, Blues are in stinky company with the Coyotes and the Blackhawks in terms of not being able to put up 40 shots in a game. So that's fun. Um, But the flip side of that is there is a lot of positives to take out of that game. The Predators had four opportunities on the power play, and the Blues shut the door and did a very, very good job of limiting opportunities, not just Jordan Bennington, but the penalty kill as a whole. Brandon Saad has been the most valuable defensive forward for the Blues this season, arguably, as good as Ryan O'Reilly has been. Um, He's definitely lost a step, and Brandon Saad, especially on the penalty kill, has been superb. He is so quick on the puck. You know, he had that shorthanded goal against Colorado that pretty much should have sealed the deal um and he continued to lead the charge for the blues putting up an 0 for or a four for four penalty kill performance which pretty much won them the game 
Um, Nashville had some uh, power play opportunities at prime moments in the game that they just weren't able to capitalize on. Uh, and a big part of that was Brendan Saad. So great stuff there. Um, Jordan Binnington pitches a shutout. Beautiful. He's playing some of his best hockey of the season. I love that the the call out by Craig Berube and the benching for Thomas Grice didn't lead to a regression. It led to a progression from Jordan Bennington. I'm really happy to see that. And if there's one person that can turn the season around, it is Jordan Bennington. If he plays at an elite level, the rest of the team will follow in his footsteps and win a lot more games than they lose moving forward. Um, and who about Braden Shen scores the overtime winner off of a rebound shot by Jordan Cairo. It was a very good overtime. The Blues got a two-on-one right away, initiated by Justin Falk. Uh, they really had the better of the possession and the better of the momentum in overtime, and it showed uh, having four shots on goal to Nashville's one. So it was great stuff there. Um, fun fact, the last time the Blues uh, won a one nothing game in overtime was a couple seasons back, I believe, against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and who scored the goal to win it for them? It was Braden Shen. That being said, Blues went... Um, 1-0-1 over the last two games. They have a tough Western Canadian road trip coming up. So in this third and final segment, I'm going to be breaking down what the Blues need to do on that road trip to hopefully come out of it with more wins than losses. So that's really all I can ask for at this point. Be right back. Make sure you stay tuned. All right, wrapping up this episode quickly. Going to be a bit of a shorter one today as I am very tired. It is 9 p.m. my time. So you guys are going to be getting this episode late, but I wanted to get one out for you guys. So, um... Blues have arguably the toughest road trip just from travel perspective of the season coming up. Western Canada road trip is always brutal. And they start off with a game against the best player on the planet and arguably the best player of all time. Yes, I said it, Connor McDavid, arguably the best player of all time. I'm not here to have this debate, maybe for another day. Um, but he's got 59 points in 30 games. Leon Dreisel has got 51 points in 30 games. The Blues are going to have their handful with those two. And then the following night, they head to Calgary to play against a disappointing Flames team who is certainly going to have something to prove. After that, they get one day off, or sorry, two days off, before heading up to Vancouver, playing a 10-30 game. Following that, they have another back-to-back. Uh, all these... Game times are on Eastern time, by the way. So if you're looking at your, your schedule being like, what? No, that's not the time. I'm in Eastern time. Apologies there. After that, they have another back-to-back against um, the very impressive Seattle Kraken. Um, so that's going to be a very, very tough trip for the St. Louis Blues. Um, even if you know, you're know you the best team in the league, that Western Canada road trip is always a killer. A lot of late nights, a lot of travel, a lot of long bus rides, stuff like that. Um or maybe plane rides. I don't even know how they get the place to place. They're not going to Winnipeg, and we all know Winnipeg doesn't have an airport. So um, what do the Blues need to do to come out with, what did I list off there, five games? Three wins. What do the Blues need to come out, come out with three wins? Maybe four. Um, I think it starts with Jordan Bennington. I expect there's gonna, there's a couple back-to-backs in there. I expect Grice to definitely get two, two starts throughout this stretch, but at the end of the day, it comes down to Jordan Bennington and him setting the tone for the rest of the team. If he plays well, if he continues the strong play and the penalty kill continues the strong play, moral of the story is defense is what the Blues need to start with as the building blocks of turning this season around. If they can hold opponents to, you know, two goals in regulation, zero goals in regulation, etc., 
they're going to win more games than they lose. You know, the offense is potent enough to score more, outscore their opponents when the defense and the goaltending is playing at that level. So if the defense and the penalty kill continue to play at the level that they've been playing at, especially, you know, Jordan Bennington and to a lesser extent, Thomas Grice, he's looked okay, but he'll look better. I think if he gets the support that Bennington has been getting over the last two games, the offense will follow suit. Um, I don't know. I, I think it comes down to just getting back to the basics. Like I've been saying pretty much all season, uh, playing with motivation, playing with fire, playing with, with a desire to not just win, but a desire to build on something, you know, the blues, a professional sports team, they're trying to create something. They're trying to build something, you know, game, whatever this is, 30 of the regular season at the end of the day, isn't going to mean much, but game 30 of the regular season is a puzzle piece that should form a big, beautiful picture you know, to, to, to look back at the end of the season and be like, yeah, that played a role, you know, whether it's the, the comeback win against the Florida Panthers or the one, nothing win against the Nashville Predators, there are going to be statement wins throughout the season that you look back on as a team and say, heck yeah, that shows who we are as a team that shows that we can win games in any situation. And that's what it's going to come down to tough road trip. You got to get some statement wins. You got to get some defining wins. And the Blues could come out of this road trip in a really good spot. They could be close to 500 again if they play their cards right. So fingers crossed we see them at there. Uh, look forward to a preview episode tomorrow for the first game of the road trip. That being said, that is all the time I have for you guys today. Thank you all so much for listening. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to me on. Hit the subscribe button on YouTube and the notification bell. That way you never miss a new episode. You can follow Locked On Blues on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Blues. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Hope you all have a wonderful night, a wonderful holiday season. Talk to you tomorrow. And as always, let's go Blues.